I am thankful that the Saunders are part of the Tree of Life Church. Amen? Amen. This is, this is Brother Urshan's sister and Brother Rod Saunders and their family, Luke and Elizabeth, and, and two generations here. And Brother Rod Saunders is going to bring us the word tonight. And uh, I'm thankful for him and Sister Janae. If you have not met this family, they are unassuming. They are, they are delight. They're cordial. They're friendly. And they're not, they're not going to get in your space. You're going to have to get into theirs. So make sure that you take the time to introduce yourself. And uh, Brother Rod told me tonight, he said his little baby girl turned three months today. And I said, so she is real? She's not just a doll baby, you know? And he said, no, she's real, I promise. So um, would you just put your hands together and give God glory? Brother Rod, come and deliver the word tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give that hand clap of praise to God tonight. Oh, come on. That's it. Fill this place with praise. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We're here to give you glory. We're here to give you honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be in God's house tonight. I'm glad to be where his spirit flows. I'm glad to be where you can reach out and touch him. No matter what you may be going through in life, you can set all of that aside and say, you know what, I'm here to give him glory. And I'm here to give him praise. Because in spite of what I'm going through, he's still worthy. And I don't praise him according to what I'm feeling or what I'm going through. I praise him according to his excellent greatness. And I'm here to tell you, you serve a great and excellent God tonight who is more than capable and more than able to meet whatever need you may have in your life tonight. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Duvall, for those kind words. I appreciate his friendship. He's one of those people that can just make you feel real good about yourself. You always leave uh, feeling a little bit better than he did before he said hello, and I appreciate his kindness. Amen. The last six months have definitely been a time of transition for my family. We uh, moved to a new city, a new state, and moved churches, and I can say without a doubt that the easiest transition out of all was assimilating into this church body. You have greeted us with open arms, and we love each and every one of you. We're thankful to be a part of the great things that God has in store. I'm here to tell you the greatest days of Tree of Life are not in the past. They're in the future. I said they're in the future. Amen. And I'm just thankful to be here with people of like precious faith who are here for a reason and have come with an expectance. How many have come expecting something from God tonight? I know sometimes it can be hard midweek in January. You got to shake off the cobwebs a little bit. Maybe you came home and the wife had chili on the stove and it would have been a whole lot easier to stay home with a thermostat. <laughs> where you can keep it to 72 or 73 degrees. Nice, comfortable arrangement. But I'm glad that some people came together to lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm glad to be with people of like precious faith. Amen. Without any further ado, I'd like to turn your attention to the word of the Lord. Tonight, I'm going to be reading from the book of 2 Corinthians. One of the many books that Paul contributed to this precious book. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'm going to start with verse 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. When you have it, say amen. Amen. And the word of the Lord says this, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, rebound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, everybody said for a moment, worketh us for a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And I'd like to focus especially on verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The things which are not seen are eternal. Amen. By the help of the Holy Ghost, I'd like to preach to you tonight a message entitled Heaven's Perspective. Heaven's Perspective. Could we lift our hands to heaven one time, one more time tonight? Precious Lord, Thank you so much for meeting us here in your house tonight. Thank you for your many blessings, Lord, that you have bestowed upon us. Lord, we ask that you would move in this place in the way that only you can. Lord, that you would touch hearts and you would mend wounds in the way that only you can do. Lord, we ask that you would fill this place with your spirit to overflowing. Lord, we want your perfect will to be made manifest in your house tonight. Lord, speak to your people. Lord, let us take what we hear. But Lord, we don't want to just be hearers of the word. Lord, let us apply it to our lives that we may be doers of the word. We ask all these things in the precious, beautiful name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. 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 You can be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word tonight. Amen. We, we as humans have a very natural tendency to get very caught up in the current moment. Whatever is happening right now, whatever is happening in this present time that we find ourselves in, it's, it's what consumes our thoughts, it's what consumes our energy, and it will most undoubtedly consume our time. We are by nature very task-driven people. We look at whatever it is that is immediately before us and we, we work toward the completion of that task. We wake up in the morning and the first task, of course, the first task at hand is to simply get out of bed. And let me tell you, sometimes that can be the hardest task that you will face all day long. There will be days where you don't want to face the world and its challenges. There will be days you don't want to go outside in the cold January air and scrape the ice off of your windshield. Lord have mercy. There are days where that just does not sound good. It would be much easier just to, to pull the covers back over your head and go back to sleep. Some mornings you're going to have to fight those sleep demons. Can I get an amen? You're going to have to fight those sleep demons with everything that you've got. You'll, you'll justify it by even telling yourself, oh, just five more minutes. Let me tell you, that is one of the most dangerous things you can tell yourself. Five more 
minutes. What harm could it do? It's just five measly minutes. The problem is your alarm goes off at six. You tell yourself five more minutes. And before you know it, it's seven o'clock. And you're scrambling out the door because you're late for work. And when you get there, you get down and realize you've got one blue shoe on and one black shoe on. Because you said five more minutes. We're task-driven people. There are tasks at hand that we must complete and that we must do to live this life that we have. And, and by being task-driven people, by meaning it, it means that our actions and our thoughts are dictated and directed by whatever it is that lies before us, whatever it is that lies in front of us. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people like to consider themselves what they call multitaskers. And I hate to burst anybody's bubble that might be a self-proclaimed multitasker, but it has been scientifically proven that you cannot technically do multiple tasks at one time. You may think that you're multitasking. You may think that you're getting multiple things done in one instance and at one time, but it is not technically possible. You're technically just jumping around from task to task, doing here a little, there a little, but, but there are still some people that claim they can be multitaskers, and we'll just leave it at that. I, I remember growing up and hearing my mother tell my father, you need to be a multitasker. You need to be a multitasker. Now, if you know my father well, you know that he is a very, very driven, very goal-oriented, very task-driven person. And if you're around him long enough, you will most undoubtedly find that out. And if he knows that there's something that needs to be done, something that needs fixed, he's not going to stop until that thing is done or until that thing is fixed. If the lawnmower needs fixed, then nothing else is going to matter until the lawnmower is fixed. It doesn't matter if the sink is linking, the lawnmower needs fixed. Doesn't matter if the screen door is busted, the lawnmower needs fixed. Doesn't matter if the house is on fire, the lawnmower needs fixed. But all of that to say, we are by nature very task driven people. And whatever we see, whatever we feel, whatever we are going through in the moment, whatever we are surrounded by, whatever circumstance we might find ourselves in, that is what's going to dictate our direction and is going to dictate our action in our lives. It's a simple truth. Now, another thing that will play a huge, huge role in your direction and your decision-making process is a little thing called perspective. You may have heard the word before. I'm sure you've heard it. I'm sure you've used it even in your vocabulary. But perspective is one of the most important elements, one of the very most important elements to both your physical and your spiritual life. Can I get an amen? amen. Simply defined, perspective is the platform from which your mind operates. It's, it's how you see things. Perspective is, is how you see things to be. It's the lens through which you view your life and how you view other people. It will determine how you see other people and how the, you will view events and happenings and circumstances in your life. What's amazing about perspective is that everyone has a different one. 
One of the most amazing things, everyone has a different one. And we're not born with some form of universal perspective. Oh, how much easier life would be. How few arguments there would be. How, how few disagreements there would be if we somehow had just this universal one-size-fits-all type of perspective. Your perspective is also something that will not always remain the same. It is something that is constantly changing. It's something that will change as you grow older. It will change as you mature. And it will be shaped by the different things that you experience in life. I remember as a young boy, there were just certain things that I really, really did not enjoy eating. Certain things that I hated to see on my plate or in my bowl. And let me tell you, I hated to eat shredded mini wheats. I hated to eat shredded mini wheats. I didn't like any of those healthy cereals that were found in my pantry. I wanted Fruit Loops. I wanted Lucky Charms. I wanted Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I wanted Captain Crunch. Oh, I feel something here. <laughs> I wanted Cocoa Puffs. You know, the good stuff. The good stuff. I didn't want total cereal. I didn't want raisin bran. I didn't want Cheerios. I didn't want cornflakes. And most of all, I did not want shredded mini wheats. And I'm not talking about the ones with the frosted icing on them. I'm talking about the little cardboard blobs that you plop down in your cereal bowl and they don't have any taste. That's what I'm talking about. Shredded many wheats. You might as well just eat the box that they came in because <laughs> that's what they tasted like. I, I don't understand why they would even produce those. Who buys those? <sighs> it's a mystery. But my mother, knowing more than I did, operating from a much higher, a much more informed perspective than I was operating from, knew that the foods that I liked and the ones that I preferred were not good for me. Her perspective was different than mine. She knew that what I needed could not be found in what I desired. So she would not let me eat those sugary cereals all of the time. She would make me eat the shredded mini wheats. And as she would leave them on the table, she would have to many times set the kitchen timer <laughs> because I would not eat them. She would set that kitchen timer and say, you have 15 minutes to eat this bowl of shredded mini wheats. And let me tell you, 14 minutes and 58 seconds later, I was shoveling those things down my throat and holding my nose because they were terrible. But I knew if I didn't do it, there would be consequences. There would be consequences. I wish that was the case now. Now I have to set timers and say, okay, you only have 15 minutes to eat. Stop eating after that. <laughs> Oh, how things have changed. Oh, how things have changed. From her perspective, she was, she was giving me something that was going to be good for me. Something that was going to help me along the way. She was operating from a different, from a higher perspective. But from my perspective, my perspective told a very different story. From my perspective, I was being horribly horribly abused. 
From my perspective, those soggy, shredded mini-wheats were going to be the absolute death of me. From my perspective, CPS was already on their way to cart me off and put me somewhere with Fruit Loops and Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Because this was cruel and unusual punishment. Nobody under any circumstances should have to eat shredded many wheats. And I know it sounds silly. I know it sounds funny. But that's really how powerful perspective is. That's how powerful of a thing perspective is. It will make you. It will be what makes you or it will be what breaks you. It will be what propels you to new heights or it will be what drags you down to new depths. And when you have a different perspective than your brothers or your sisters in Christ, it can cause sharp division in the church. You don't believe me? Why don't you just go to the next large church event, find the nearest person to you and start talking about politics. You will see a lot of different perspectives given certain topics in large, in large groups. And, and you'll see a lot of different perspectives in your lifetime. And I'm, am I saying that we should all be exactly alike in every way, shape, or form? Not at all. Not at all. But what I am saying is that we should all be striving to be more like him. We should all be striving to see people the way that he sees people. And we should all be striving to love people the way that he loves people. And we should all be striving to forgive people the way that he forgives people. And to live the way that he lived. We should all be striving to be like Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Almost every single argument between church members that I have ever heard or ever been drawn into to help resolve every single one of them almost starts off with, well, the way I see it. I hate those words. Well, the way I see it from my point of view. And I don't know who needs to hear this tonight, and I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I'm afraid it doesn't really matter how you see it. I'm, I'm afraid it doesn't really matter what point of view you may be coming from if it doesn't line up with the Word of God. It doesn't matter how you see it. It matters how the Word of God says it. The problem, the problem with human carnal perspective is that it is so very easily manipul manipulated and it is so very easily shaped and so easily molded and so easily warped and distorted into something that it was never ever supposed to be. The human perspective is shaped by the trials and the tribulations that we go through. And unfortunately, it seems that the negative happenings in life leave a much larger imprint than do the positive things that we experience. The hardships, the pain, the trouble, the hurt that we encounter in this life that we live. We have a tendency to hold on to these things and to dwell on these things and to allow these things to bury themselves within our hearts and within our souls. And before long they have festered and we have grown bitter in the eyes 
of the Lord. We have a tendency to focus on these negative things. These, these things that have a, a poor imprint on the perspective that we have. And before long, it has completely warped your perspective and distorted the way that you look on life and distorted the way that you see things and distorted the way that you view people and distorted the entire way you were supposed to live. Even the secular world knows this. This is why they say things like good vibes only, positivity only, negativity not welcome here. And I know they have good intentions when they say those things and they put those little signs in their yards. But it's going to take a whole lot more than good vibes to change your perspective. And it's going to take a whole lot more than a little positivity to change your earthly perspective. Good vibes cannot break the mold of sin and pain. Good vibes cannot tear down the walls that depression and anxiety will build within the minds of men and women good vibes cannot rid your heart of bitterness from past hurts and lies and deceit good vibes cannot heal the wounds inflicted by people you once thought you could trust you're gonna need a little bit more than good vibes and positivity you don't need those things what you need is the holy ghost I said, what you need is a good old-fashioned dose of the Holy Ghost. You need to experience the true goodness of Jesus. You need to experience his goodness firsthand. You need the mercy that can cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. You need that precious blood of the spotless Lamb of God. And that blood, it heals the body and it sets the cap free and I'm so glad I'm so glad that that precious blood still flows from Calvary it still flows from Calvary if you're here this evening and you need a new fresh godly perspective i'm glad to inform you that what you need is here i'm glad to tell you this evening that what you need is here what you've been looking for is here it can be found in this place tonight your answer to your impossible question is here tonight your healing is here in this place your forgiveness is here tonight your new outlook on life is here it's here because when you repent of your sins and when you go down in that watery grave of baptism and when you're filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, you step out of that flawed carnal perspective and you step out of that perspective that has been warped by sin and by pain and by heart and by distrust. You step out of that perspective. You step out of the carnal and the earthly and the warped and the distorted human perspective and you step into heavenly perspective. You step in to heavenly 
perspective and in things they look completely different once you've stepped out of that old carnal warped perspective and when you step in to the heavenly perspective things completely change there's nothing I love more than seeing new converts come into the fullness of truth and beginning to see you can see it on their faces every service as they begin to realize who God is and how good he is and how much he loves them and how he really did care enough to come down from heaven and take on the flesh of man and to bear the sins of humanity oh when you step out oh I wish I could oh I wish I could preach it like I feel it when you step out of that carnal perspective into heavenly perspective when they step out of the carnal and into the heavenly from heaven's perspective you can see how things really are you thought you saw how things really are but you didn't it had been warped it had been distorted by everything that you'd gone through and everything that you'd experienced but in heaven's perspective everything is revealed as it really truly is human perspective says i'm surrounded on all sides but heaven's perspective says the angels of the lord encampeth around about them that fear him human perspective says my whole world is falling apart but heaven's perspective said he's got the whole world in his hands human perspective says my friends and my family and everyone I once loved and trusted has forsaken me but heaven's perspective says he will never ever ever leave me nor forsake me from human perspective everything may seem like it's falling apart but from heaven's perspective everything's falling into place everything is falling into place from heaven's perspective you can see how things really are this is why when the angel of the lord appeared unto gideon he said oh mighty man of valor and gideon did one of these he said who who are you talking to you know where you're at we're at the bottom of a wine press right now threshing wheat because i'm too scared to do it on the threshing floor because our enemies have surrounded us. And I know that if I'm out in public doing this, they'll come and they'll steal what little that I have. I am not this mighty man of valor. But that's because Gideon was seeing things from his human perspective. All he could see was that he was someplace he wasn't supposed to be. Doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing. He was on the run from the enemy. But from heaven's perspective, you could already see that Gideon was a mighty man of valor. Just waiting to lead 300 men and defeat the enemy that he was so afraid of heaven's perspective told a different story from joseph's perspective it may have appeared that he had been forgotten about and that his life was going to end as a slave in a prison and a dark cell for crimes that he didn't even commit but from heaven's perspective I said from heaven's 
perspective. Everything was going according to plan. Joseph may not have been able to see it. Joseph may not have been able to feel it. But from heaven's perspective, everything was going according to plan. And he wasn't on his way to death. He wasn't on his way to a dead-end prison cell. He was on his way to the palace. And he was on his way to a position where he could save his family from famine. From, from human perspective, we look on the road to Damascus and we see a man named Saul, a murderer, a prosecutor, or a persecutor rather of Christians, chasing Christians, killing them as he found them. But from heaven's perspective, from heaven's perspective, we see the greatest missionary to ever live and to walk on this earth and the largest contributor to the new testament from heaven's perspective we see the whole picture from heaven's perspective we see the things as they really are from heaven's perspective we can see the hand of God through every high and every low of our lives and it's not distorted by our own hurts and it's not warped by our own bitterness and it's not distorted by our own carnality from heaven's perspective we see the big picture. We see the big picture. We see why we went through what we went through. And we see why we had to experience what we experienced. And we see why the prison cell was necessary. And we see why that the wine press was necessary. And from heaven's perspective, things start to finally make sense. People look at us and they don't understand why we can rejoice in the face of of adversity. They don't understand why we can come to church and we can clap our hands and we can jump and we can shout when our lives are falling apart at home. They don't understand why we can rejoice and why we can seem to have victory when we are facing adversity. The answer is simple. It's because we have different perspectives than they do. I said it's because we have different perspectives than they do. They see things like, you're living in a fantasy world. You need to get a grip on reality. No, 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 my friend. I've taken a grip of the real reality. I've taken grip of eternity. And I'm not operating from the same perspective that I used to. I've stepped out of the carnal. And I've stepped out into the heavenly perspective. I want to encourage somebody tonight. Don't allow the temporal afflictions of this world to rob you of your heavenly perspective. I'll say that one more time. Do not let the temporal afflictions that you face in this lifetime rob you. I said rob you of your heavenly eternal perspective. You are not conformed to this world. You've been transformed by the renewing of your mind. You don't walk the way that you used to walk. And you don't talk the way that you used to talk. And it's not because I'm all of a sudden better than everybody else. It's because I'm operating from a new perspective. I've stepped out of my past. And I've stepped out of my hurts. And I've stepped out of my brokenness. And I've stepped out of everything that this life has tried to throw my way. And I've stepped in to prosperity and I've stepped in to peace and I've stepped in to heavenly perspective I know I know we still face things I know we still go through things but our perspective has changed our perspective have changed. We know that this world is not our home. 
I said, this world is not our home. So I don't get worried by what the news says is going on. And I don't, I don't even care what the world says is happening. I know that this world is not my home. Perspective is such a powerful, powerful thing. You'll see people coming to church and they'll sit on the pews and they'll fold their arms. And you can already tell they're not seeing things from the right perspective. They've allowed the things that life has thrown at them to dictate the way that they see things and to dictate the way that they interpret things and to, to dictate the way that they treat people and to dictate the way that they love people. I'm here to tell somebody, do not let the temporal afflictions that you might be facing right now keep you from the blessings that God has in store for you. It is time to start viewing things from heaven's perspective. Why can I dance in the face of adversity? It's because I see things from heaven's perspective. Why can I run and not grow weary? It's because I see See things from heaven's perspective. Why can I praise him in the middle of my struggle? It's not because my life is perfect. It's not because I'm not going through things. It's not because I'm not in the middle of a bad circumstance. It's because I know that my God is able. And I know that my God is greater. Because I see it from heaven's perspective. Oh, come on, why don't you give the hand clap of praise to God right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. From your perspective, from your perspective, I might seem crazy for trusting in him. But from my perspective, you're the one that's crazy. Why should I worry? Why should I fear when I know I serve a God who's never been defeated? Why should I stress about tomorrow when I know that he's my Jehovah Jireh and he has provided every single need in my life? Why should I be depressed when I know that weeping might endure for a night but I said joy 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 is coming in the morning there's power there's power in your perspective there's power in your perspective if the musicians could go ahead and prepare to come I'm not going to preach much longer tonight Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel his spirit in this place tonight. I said I feel his spirit in this place tonight. I think he wants to change somebody's perspective here tonight. I think he wants to pull you out of whatever it is you might be going through and set your feet on the rock to stay. You know, in the middle, in the middle of the struggle, it will look like your life is falling apart. In the middle of the storm, it will look like impending doom has met you and you are about to meet your end. In the middle of the circumstance, it's going to seem like there is no way out. When that doctor comes in with the worried look on his face, it's going to seem like there's no good outcome. But I'm here to tell you, with a little change in perspective, 
Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I said, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. With a little change in perspective, you need to step up under the rock. That is He. And you need to get a hold of a heavenly perspective. God, pull me out of this circumstance. Pull me out of this bitterness. Pull me out of whatever it is that's causing me to view things incorrectly, Lord. Pull me into that next dimension. Pull me into that heavenly perspective. Could we all stand in this place tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, the, the adversary would like you to think that there's no way out. He loves to bring people of faith down to their knees. He loves to use whatever he can, whatever he's got in his toolbox to throw at you and make you stumble, make you fall. And he takes such joy in it. But he knows. He knows that God has greater plans. I'm here to tell you, he's coming after you so hard because he knows what God has in store for you. He's throwing you into the middle of that storm because he knows what God has planned for you. And he's, he's bringing you into the middle of whatever it is that you might be facing because he knows that there's great things in store for you. And I'm here to tell you, God wants to change your perspective here tonight. There's some people that have come here into this place tonight and they, they may feel like they're surrounded. They may feel like they are, they are at the end of their rope, so to speak. But I'm here to tell you, there is hope. It's not as hopeless as it may seem. It's not as dark as it may seem. All you need is is a change in perspective. God already has this thing figured out. God already has your steps ordered. God already has a plan. God already knows the thoughts that he has towards you. Thoughts of peace and to an expected end. I love that verse. I love that verse because it reassures us that God knows exactly where he's taking you. You may not see the end of the road, but he knows where the end of the road is. And let me tell you, the end of the road turns into gold streets. The end of the road ends at gates of pearl. Hallelujah. 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 I wonder if we could lift our hands to heaven in this place. If you feel up to it, why don't you come down to this altar? Why don't you lay down whatever it is that's got you confused, whatever it is that's distorting your perspective. Let go of that bitterness. Let go of that hurt. Let go of that, that pain. Oh, I feel the spirit in this place. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Come on, that's it. Fill this place with praise. Fill this place with praise. Lord, you're so worthy. Lord, you're so worthy. Lord, you're good. We put our faith and our trust in you because we know that you're able and we know that you're stronger and we know that you're bigger than whatever it is we might be facing. God, let me see things the way that you see them. 
Let me see people the way that you see them. Let me love people the way that you love them. God, change my perspective. Change my perspective. In an atmosphere like this, the Spirit takes control. All the things you were worried about when you came in have sat on the back burner. And it's easy to, it's easy to be caught up into that heavenly perspective. It's, it's easy in this atmosphere to see things the way that they're meant to be seen, to see things how they really are, and to see that God does have everything under control. But when you walk out those doors, that old carnal human perspective is going to try to creep back in. When you go back home to that situation, when you go back home to that circumstance, whatever it may be, it's going to try to pull you back down and to pull you back down to that warped perspective. But I'm here to tell you, you don't have to operate in that perspective. You can walk in the Spirit every day. 
You can operate from that heavenly perspective every day. All you have to do is lift your hands to heaven and say, God, I trust you. And I know that you have a plan. And I know that you have a purpose. God, elevate me. Elevate me. Change the way I see things. Change the way I see people. Change the way that I respond to things. Change my perspective, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hands again across the assembly. Let's receive this word. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Brother Saunders, for that word. We cite the scripture so often without a vision, the people perish. That's not what the scripture says. It says without vision, not a vision, but vision. The ability to see things the way we should. That's when we put ourselves in jeopardy. I'm thankful for the word of God that was delivered here tonight. Let's raise our voices collectively as we 
as we close out this service. Father God, we thank you for the word of truth that edifies your body, Lord, that increases our faith, Lord, that restores and renews. I pray that as we leave this place, God, that our eyes would be lifted. Lord, Abraham went looking for something. He, he was, in his perspective, there was a city whose builder and maker was God, and that was his priority, Lord. David lifted his eyes to the hills from whence cometh his help. He knew that it came from you. I pray in the name of Jesus that things of earth would grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace, that every one of us, Father, would have perspective renewed in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we leave this place, I pray that you would go before us. We pray that healing virtue would flow to your body, that you would anoint and bless pastor this evening and those that will receive the word that he delivers that you put in his heart. We give you glory, honor, and praise. All dominion and power is yours. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And the church said amen. Let's worship him again as we dismiss.